Vegan Hacks. Hello. We're back. I'm happy to be in the house. Back with you again. We're in the vegan house. The vegan hack house. Hype house. So, have you ever had like an existential vegan crisis, Mike Keller? Um, Every day. Yeah, I've had all sorts of existential crises, but I don't think they were specifically vegan. He just sneezed. Sorry. That's okay. Was that existential there, that existential sneeze? Yeah. You know, it it used to be that, you know the way you say bless you when you you sneeze? Yes. Tell me why. Because supposedly your heart stops when you sneeze? Oh, I heard something different. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. You're saying your heart stops and then you say bless you to restart it? No, you say bless you because maybe it won't start again. I don't know. Isn't that the reason? Oh, I heard that people used to think that when you sneeze, your soul is expelled from your body. So the person is saying bless you so that like Satan can't come in and fill your body before your soul returns. Like it, you know, it gets expelled and then it like rushes back in and you say bless you to like block any demons from coming in first. Well, we all know that you lost your soul years ago, Mike Keller. So I I wasn't going to bless you there. Sold it to the (laughs) Beyond Meat Corporation for $2. So yeah, it's been kind of weird. I've had kind of a... um... A difficult experience. You know, you know what it is? I mean, I think you sent me a, um, an article, right, about... Oh, that was really sad. This article about how, like, veganism and vegetarianism are in decline. Yeah, but, I mean, really depends on how they're... Well, it depends the on their metrics, how they're, you know, gathering their information. You can basically get a lot of different information. I, sure. do, I do think, though, that there is a full-court press in the media against yes. plant-based food. And the, it's very, very deafening how it's constantly chiming all the all the negativity well, about, about all the these products. The meat industry and the dairy industry have so much money compared to, you know, the 4% industry that is plant-based. So naturally they can fire hose lobbyists, influencers, like whatever, and it can be distributed in really like nefarious dark ways where it's like not clear that it's being paid for. You know, they can get people to say all sorts of things. They can use like chatbot armies, whatever. I Yeah, I saw a statistic that I guess, you know, the government helps, you know, farmers and yeah, they and subsidize dairy and ugh. they said that it's like they do subsidize some plant based ventures. But it's 800 to one. I once heard, uh, I think, Barack Obama say, like, the moral arc of the universe is long, but bends toward justice. And I want to believe that. But I see these articles about, like, declining plant-based diets. And I'm like, maybe that's not true. The inside the human core. I'm not talking about vegans. I'm just talking about the human core in general. You know, I mean, human beings have the ability to do like wonderful, you know, Mm -hmm. sympathetic, wonderful things, but they also have the ability to do very negative things. And, And I'm beginning to wonder whether or not like this cruelty that that we see on a daily basis, the cruelty that's baked into our society the cruelty that you know that, that, that you know people how people treat animals 
is baked within many humans culture and dna yeah yeah, their dna you know so it's starting to feel that way and and as someone who i guess considers themselves an activist i feel kind of lost sometimes because i just like am i just speaking to an echo chamber am i changing people's minds Mm. am i do i mean just doing my best you know i mean i'm just a small little speck at the very least, I think you're giving people uh, an opportunity, if not to eliminate meat, you're giving them like recipes and stuff so that they can have, you know, a few more meals that are plant based. So that's a positive. Uh, but back to your other question of like, are human beings inherently rotten? It feels that way. No, but I, I'm I'm saying like it feels that way. But then again, all this, you know, you said we're capable of doing wonderful things. Maybe all this like good stuff is you know, it's all socially constructed. We're animals. We we have a survival instinct. All this notion of like altruism and these are good things. And I, I hope we achieve these things, but we also made them up. And so I see, I don't know what is our inherent like essential nature? Is our essential nature to destroy? Our essential nature is to survive, right? We had like natural selection has programmed us to like eat and reproduce and everything else we kind of made up and i i'm glad we have empathy and po- and there there might be some kind of evolutionary benefit to empathy you know social cohesion it's allowed us to as a species to build great things because we we're able to cooperate and so these are all great social constructs and they're advantageous to us from a natural selection basis but but other animals don't do that other animals like you know they hunt and they eat and they bone you know like I, you know what i mean I, so well I, but I animals know. also cooperate in the wild yeah as some well. do and some don't i mean beavers build dams sure sure they corral each other to protect themselves right yeah yeah, yeah. right so i don't know where i'm going with this other than are we crappy? I don't know. Maybe just being crappy is a social construct. We're humans and we're doing what we're doing. And it either serves us or it doesn't. Warning signs are everywhere about the environment, about uh-huh. uh, the, the way, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the unsustainability, the reports. I mean, the information is in right. black and white. It, it's not there's it's not even I mean, it's very difficult to argue. It's just so easy facts. for any of us to say, like, oh, what's an extra straw? You know, like, what do I like? What difference do I make in this eight billion people like shoving plastic into the ocean what do i you know what i mean it's the what do you call it the tragedy of the commons it's about compassion it's about the Mm -hmm. the whether or not people are compassionate enough to go vegan but not just compassion even sensible to go vegan because we're we're on the edge of destruction right a lot of people don't think it's a matter of compassion they're so defensive about it they're like this is you know this is not a more this is natural for us i'm compassionate to other humans what do i like animals are there to be eaten you know this this is like what a lot of people think well and that's also why i think that maybe technology will be the answer to the sustainability issue so if someone wants to eat a steak they 3d print a steak and they can hand it to that would be good. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it's like we cannot expect people to make any sacrifices for the greater good. Because uh, they're so, selfish. Right. So instead, like, accept that that is just human nature. 
and find a technological solution out of it. That might really be the most expedient thing to do rather than expecting this level of like purity and goodness from people that is not going to happen. So I guess maybe taking it in a in a pragmatic way and not yeah. in this kind of altruistic, hopeful way, hoping that you're going right. to have people change their evil, wicked soul. Sure. That just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I, yeah, I do think to some extent solutions come from pragmatism and policy and technology and not from ideology and wishful thinking. Yeah, but you also get to this point, too, where there's a grift in the technology. So I've seen this as well, where all these like, you know, Silicon Valley people are like, ah, I have the solution, you know? And, right. and uh, I mean, you say that capitalism is something that will be su- uh, successful in driving people to creating better solutions when it comes to food. It's the only thing that seems to be successful in driving new technology, right? Like, in general, the greedy, the the greed motive is what makes innovation in like any anything we any of these modern conveniences we use have come from that instinct. And so I'm I and for every like carnival barker, you know, it takes like 99 people saying like my new food's going to change the world. Bark, bark, bark. Uh, you know, a couple of them are right. It's just everybody has to have that Delulu and believe that, the delusion, and a few of them come true. And, you know, and to some extent, like, we don't know what's going to come true. We we just throw a million potential solutions at the wall and see which one sticks. Yeah, I, I anyway, let's let's talk about something more important. I mean, obviously, we've we can't we've hit the wall. Let's talk about your experience at Dollywood. Oh, yeah. Dollywood is a lot of fun. Um, well, if you want to talk about good people, unless like the media is just hyping her uh, for what I see, like Dolly Parton's is like seems to be like an angel. Uh, you know how she uh, like helped fund one of the covid vaccines, sends like a million over 100 million books to children, et cetera, et cetera. In Dollywood itself, there's like a little replica cabin. And I can't believe it's like this like tiny little shack where apparently she and 10 siblings grew up like she had 10 siblings and two one to two parents and they all lived in this tiny little shack and so i guess you know she's she made it and she's really giving back a lot of that wealth okay i have a question because i've heard of dollywood but mm-hmm. what is it i mean what exactly it's a, it's a is theme dollywood park and i honestly expected it to be like very dolly branded i expected there to be a lot of images of her i expected her music to be like everywhere I expected there to be a lot of like that tongue in cheek, like folksy humor that that she's sort of known for. And it really that really wasn't the case. It's basically just a theme park with a with a replica cabin of Dolly Parton. And, that you know, it's a little more conservative. It's a little more southern. So they do have per- musical performers and, you know, there it, it's a little more Christian. Um, but for the most part, it's just a nice theme park in Tennessee, which has Dolly Parton's name on it. So you were your um, vegan positivity was kind of uh, trampled down by the well, generic it, nature of this. Particular it was a little place. more generic than I expected. They do. Uh, luckily, they you know they do label their vegan options, so that was a plus. Um, there weren't that many, but there you know like for example, they had to dip in dots, but there was one you know sorbet based dip in dots. I had a veggie burger. It took a long time to get it because I think 
the server forgot our order, but I can't like really hold that against Dollywood. It was just really busy that day. Um, so yeah, like some some places had no vegan options, and a couple of restaurants had like a couple. Uh, like we had a hot dog, but it was you know the vegan hot dog. It looked like it was clearly like microwaved because you know when you microwave a, a hot dog, it bubbles a little. Mm -hmm. It was bubbly, so like it's clear that they microwaved the hot dog. But um, you know my veggie burger was fine. Did you dress up like in like cowboy no, outfit? I set? you know I have a Dolly Parton T-shirt and I forgot to wear it. Whoops. So anyway, so that that's interesting that you actually got, had vegan options there. So there were yeah. actually choices that you made, but again, they were a, a little. Couple. I had it, but they were not burger. that great. They're not amazing, but I'm happy that they. I didn't starve. I heard also that they have a very famous thing called cinnamon bread, which is like you know one of their, and that just happens to accidentally be vegan. Unfortunately, it was like a large brick, so we couldn't like really figure out how to. You know, we couldn't buy one little serving. You have to buy it in this large brick form, and uh, we. We didn't want a giant brick of bread. What about Tennessee in general? Now, did you go to the place? What were the what were the vegan situations in that oh, particular place? It's interesting. Now, I, when you say Tennessee, what, what I was exact in Knox, city? Knoxville. Okay. So it's a really nice, very tourist trappy place. Um, it's not like Nashville. That I hear there's a lot more vegan options because it's like a you know affluent, cool, artsy place. Knoxville, um, a little more conservative. Like we drove by like a strip mall they had a trump store in 2023 like a store just dedicated to like trump were, were there vegan options at the trump store i did not go into the trump store i did go into something that was like a, also a de facto trump store which is really sad honestly like there's this really tourist trappy area uh i think it's gatlinsburg or you know pigeon forge and gat gatlinsburg i want to say it's like this area around dollywood where there's all these like tourist trap attractions and funny things and like roadside attractions in a way yeah there's like go-karts and a million different types of themes mini golf and everything is like larger than life there's like a lot of dinner theaters it's like a really kitschy fun stuff but i went by this like tourist trap store and i saw live alligators inside and i was like oh please like let this not please let this be like a scam and it's like a rubber alligator but out of morbid curiosity i didn't spend a penny of course i i stepped inside and on the wall, there are all these flags like, the you know, Trump flags and like, you know, don't tread on me and all this stuff uh, and like gun right flags and stuff. And then in the very back in this like tiny little enclosure was the sickest looking alligator sit standing there like a statue with crust around his eyes, looking like super depressed and abused. And it was so sad. And then like further down the street, we saw like the gimmick continues. There's one where it said like live sharks. And I just like I didn't like once I realized like this is really what they do. I didn't like go into that uh, live shark. store. So, so these were like places that were off the off the road, like roadside. They were on the main road of all this like, um, you know, tourist trap stuff, which is like a lot of them, you know, Ripley's believe like Ripley's had like five or six different tourist trap things in on the street but on the same street was this ginormous like you know tourist uh what do you call it souvenir store and to lure you in was like the sad alligator in the back so like it's like these parasitic kind of businesses yeah. to try to grab a tourist that's, that's right. driving they're down like, the road yeah they're kind of piggybacking on dollywood 
Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I mean, that's a kind of an Americana thing too, like right. that concept of roadside attraction when you're driving by and you say, sure. "Oh my gosh, Which... I have to see the bearded well, lady!" And you pull right, over. okay. So, world's largest thermometer is cute. You know, like a lot of these things are. You know, there's like a muscle car museum. Fine, great. It's just sad that they have like you know the abused shark exhibit, the abused alligator exhibit. You know. Yeah, I remember many years ago going to Gator World in Orlando which is pretty wild. You can, I guess, zip line over Who? the gators. Oh God, and then fall and get chomped. It's like a Peter Pan, you know, they're, they're like the, there was like the scene where the alligator is like chomping at Peter Pan over like some kind of rope. I don't know, it's been a long time, but I wonder who the employee at this um, souvenir store is who has to like feed the whatever dead chickens to the alligator. It, it seems like a hazardous job. Like who cleans the alligator's tank? Who feeds it? Who you you know? It's like a tiny little enclosure. Like who has to go in there with the alligator? I remember in Gatorland, you could buy turkey dogs or hot dogs, chicken dogs or something, and you could throw them at the gate at the gators. The thing that really, I you know, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily like super into animal, you know, animal rights at when I was there. Obviously, you know, maybe because yeah. it was an attraction, like some kind of weird place to go. I mean, I definitely would avoid it now. But but it, I mean I do think it's interesting to see these places and to you know and see wh how people interact and react yeah. towards animals. As long as you don't financially support them, if you're there to like witness the tragedy and see like if there's any way to counteract it, sure, just don't buy a Trump T-shirt there or any t you know any T-shirt. It's the Sea World thing too. You know, people are fascinated and inspired by these animals, but in but in fact the the way they display them they're abusing the animals um what did you eat there in knottsville tennessee okay. um what did i eat there so other than in dollywood we went to a mexican restaurant you know that's always easy to find like a bean and vegetable type burrito how do you know if the beans aren't cooked in lard we, or we asked it was it was a touristy place i think some actually some of the more touristy places realize they have people from all over the world and they try to have an option for them like a bunch of the pizza places we didn't like go to but they listed that they had non-dairy cheese um uh, again this is this whole area was very touristy so everything was it's like jimmy buffett margaritaville type restaurants you know everything was like a theme everything was kitschy it was a lot of fun uh, and they had you know, I, I'm sure they, they give you the crayons and the coloring book. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we actually we went to Golden Corral once, which is just, you know, the same kind of buffet. You go everywhere and we did not have a lot of options. It was like salad, hush puppies. Um, the pie was accidentally vegan. Um, Do they have French like fries. vegan options at the Golden Corral? Like you can if tell. If you don't mind. Yeah. If you don't mind only eating. if There's no protein, you know, because all the beans, for example, have like pork in them. All the so if you don't mind just eating carbs, there's plenty to eat at the Golden Corral for a vegan. It's just like breads, fries, salads, pie. It's um, it, it's like the, the Golden Corral is like the dark cousin of soup plantation. Yeah, because, in a way. Yeah. yeah, I'm just mourning the loss of soup plantation, so I go to Golden Corral and just avoid all the millions of meats. But yes, like it is to some extent because like, people go there just to get a bunch of meat. Like they go and they get mm. the steak and the meat. And and it's really weird. I, I've, I've only been to a Golden Corral once and it was like, you know, and I was full on, you know, vegan and, you know, but it, it was a situation where I was with family and they wanted to go. And, mm. you know, I kind of tagged along and, and but, but I was amazed at the way the place was laid out. 
like the way they had like a really like like the where the food was was kind of like tile. So like at the end of the day, you could tell they just like hosed it down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because it, you know, they have to like... be efficient because it's really inexpensive. You know, you get a full buffet, all you can eat for fifteen dollars. They, you know, the place had a lot of oh, and they have senior discounts. So the place is filled with um, senior citizens. They were all wearing like all of them had T-shirts that are either like about their military service or about like God and Christ. Which well, you, which is interesting, I guess. This maybe is just, maybe like, combined, or you do all yeah. three. You do he Trump, sure God be. in Christ, and then your military service. Oh, so you yeah, got, I, like, took, the I hat, left that out. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. There were the, the shirts were all Trump, Jesus, or military service, and you know the only I only have something against Trump in that trinity. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, and um, I was going to um, just uh, mention that uh, I'd like to thank Natalie from Upton's Naturals. Oh, Natalie, I saw your letter. <laughs> you forwarded it to me. They, like, I felt so touched that she, like, thought of our separate interests. And, and uh, well, they, they listen to the podcast. Thanks, Natalie. I didn't want to, I just wanted to, like, near our, I knew we were kind of near the end of this one. So, right. but, but. Wait, uh, so did they send you macaroni? Well, it all started when uh, we just kind of going back and forth. Nat- Natalie's also her, AKA Bacon Destroy on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, up to Uptown Naturals is like a vegan company that has not sold out to the man yet. It's like the one of the only mm-hmm. the last Hold whatever up. one standing that hasn't sold to like Tyson or I don't know uh, some kind of meat meat uh, company. They're 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 independent, all vegan company, and so uh, you know I definitely support what they're doing. And they sent us a care package of cheesy macaroni. Oh, so um, it's part of it's for me, right? Yes, I'm not I gonna. Get, I, I to I get got, my, yeah. my macaroni. We'll rations. divvy it up. Maybe we'll have like a tasting thing or something like that. Oh, but, wow, but again, I great. I appreciate it's it's great that uh, powerful people listen to us on our podcast mm-hmm. and has re- have rewarded not just me but you, Mike Keller. See, I even got a paragraph in her letter. Thanks, Natalie Slater. I I, I feel seen. What what was the paragraph, Mike Keller? I, I'm I'm looking at it in my phone. For Mike, all of these products are microwave friendly. <laughs> she knows me. <laughs> In fact, our Cheesy Macs may be the only vegan mac and cheese specifically created for microwave aficionados, aka me. Pro tip from the teenage son of two of Uptown's employees. Mix the pasta and cheese sauce in a bowl. Cover it with a paper, damp paper towel and microwave it for two minutes. And who hasn't microwaved a can of soup in a pinch? I love it. And for oh. Jason... We think you'll respect our simple ingredients of all our products. Anyway, it goes on. Hey, I wonder if it's um, inspired by Upton Sinclair, who, like, you know, blew the lid off um, the meat industry in the first place. You know, I brought that up when the first time I, like, interacted with the company. And I don't think Upton Sinclair was um, Involved. connected with it, <laughs> with, with it. But they right. do have kind of an old timey kind of. Right vibe with all the packaging and stuff like that but isn't it sad to think that uh, what is this a hundred years later and like what has changed since upton sinclair yeah but i i mean i i don't know if you you want your company to be associated with like botulism (laughs) that's that's something funny anyway that's supposed to be funny it's not that funny there's like a light went on what happened like your face got all lit up or something Oh, I, I was just looking up when The Jungle by Upton Sinclair was published, 1905. 
That's good to know. That's what's been over a hundred years. All right. Not much has changed. Well, anyway, we did it. We did it again. Mazel tov.